In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hey, today uh, we are excited to be with uh, my dear friend, Simon Mortimer. He, I call him the Vicar of Wentworth. <laughs> we'll tell you a little later what that means. Simon is a dear friend and a great disciple maker. And uh, so, Simon, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're a trooper. He just got out of back surgery, and he's recuperating, and he's uh, he's he's agreed to work with us. So we're gracious. Simon and I have traveled all over the world together. We've been in various different countries, and uh, gosh, you're right. Where have we been, Simon? Uh, well, we've been to Kenya. We've been to Jamaica. We've been to Russia. Um, so that's three countries. We've been to Israel. We've, we've been the Holy Land together as well for on, a, on, a, on a visit, yes. So we've spent much time together traveling. And here's what I know about you. You are a Jesus lover. You serve the Lord, and your passion is to take what you know about living for Jesus and sharing it with other people. And I learn a lot from you. And today I think our listeners are going to learn a lot too. So I do appreciate you taking the time. I think the, one of the coolest stories about you to me is uh, where you were on 9-11. Uh, tell, us, t- tell everybody where you were. Yes, September the 11th, 2001, in the, uh, the hours between 8 o'clock and, and 11 o'clock, my family, my wife, my two sons and myself were in the American Embassy in Kingston, Jamaica. We were just finalizing our visas to make a big move in our lives from the West Indies, where I'd lived for 18 years, to move to the United States. And um, it was kind of surreal to be in that embassy and watch the news feeds while we were queuing in various lines um, to come to the U.S. And, of course, we came home from that experience um, that, that Tuesday and all our furniture had been packed up and gone. And we were told there were no flights to the U.S. and nobody knew when they were going to happen. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I bet it was. You're you're down there with your family. Your stuff's on the way to your new place in Atlanta, Georgia, of all places. And you got to finally got to Atlanta, obviously. And uh, what was it like for you? I know you you put your kids in a Christian school and then uh, started attending the church and kind of pick us up from there. Well, yes, it's um. We put our kids in, into this little school called Mount Pisgah Christian School, um, primarily because we wanted them to wear a uniform, and we 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 just thought that that would be a better environment for them. We weren't we weren't followers. My wife and I had tried to attend church at different times over the years of, of our marriage up to that point, but we really weren't connected. Um, I'd grown up in the Anglican Church in the United Kingdom, but I, I didn't have a path to. I didn't have a path to the Christian path. I didn't have a path to Jesus Christ. And I was kind of just out there lost, basically. Um, but we we came to this area in, in the suburbs of Atlanta, the north of Atlanta. We we started attending the, 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 the church that was associated with this school back in late 2001. And we heard some messages from that, quite frankly, we'd never heard before. We heard a, a simplicity of the of the gospels, a simplicity of what the Christian message is, not not laced in tradition or a particular denomination within the Christian um, sort of hierarchy of different denominations. No, 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 nothing other than 
a straightforward message that, you know, you're to love God and love people, get on with life, be, be forgiving, be generous, be kind, um, be, be gentle. What was it, what was it about that simple message that, uh, that really got to you that hadn't got to you before? Cause by that time, what age were you? I was 45 years old. And so 40 something years, the message of the gospel didn't resonate until it's simple. What was it about the simple part of that that got you? Just, just the clarity, just, just the un, the, 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 everything was stripped away. It was just completely straightforward. Walk in the light. The, what, what the fruits of the spirit are um, in Galatians 5.22. Just having those simple things explained um, made a, over, over the first couple of years of my, my, my new walk with Christ, made, made a completely different, just had a completely different viewpoint. I mean, uh, it wasn't at that time that I understood that Christ was at the center point of my life, but I was starting to understand just how joyful the simplicity of the Christian message is. And and from that understanding to the next kind of big spiritual steps for you, what was, uh, what was God doing in your life to move you forward? Well, after a couple of years of, of listening to messages, um, I got the opportunity to go on a, a three-day uh, weekend retreat, um, which is very focused on understanding who Jesus is and how his grace has been there forever, is there now and will always be there, his love and his complete uh, eternal perspective. And it was the first time that that weekend is in the US, it's called the Walk to Emmaus. Um, there are various different um, sort of machinations of that process. Uh, it started in the Catholic Church about 50, 60 years ago. Um, there's something called Tres Dias. Um, there's something called Crisio. But it, it's a three-day walk. And what happened to me on that weekend was I didn't have a road to Damascus experience. I didn't have suddenly the scales drop off my eyes. But finally, I understood the Trinity. Mm. Finally, I understood God the Father, God the Son who came to this earth, God the Holy Spirit and I understood that the Holy Spirit was living in me albeit that at that time that was a very new uh, a very new sort of revelation if you will for me and that was a game changer huh it 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 started it, it provided me with it provided me with the opening of opening of the curtain um, it provided me with a look into into a world that I absolutely did not know existed. <laughs> and fast forward, uh, all the experiences, I know you've done the mission trips, because I know I've done some of them with you, uh, the retreats, uh, the men's ministries, and then you get into this discipling uh, thing, this uh, being a disciple who makes disciples. How did that journey uh, start and unfold for you? Well, I think it each, each different experience built on, 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 on the previous one. So... Um, I went on my first mission trip to Peru in 2004, then to Russia in 2005. And through those, I was encouraged to, um, you know, keep what was then called a journal. I started using some daily tools um, to be in the Word on, on a daily basis um, with different, different materials, different books. Um, and around 2006, 
I started a, a daily devotion um, where pretty much every day for the last 13 years, I spend time with the Lord and, and I write down in a, in a leather-bound journal my prayers. I, I don't call it a journal. I, I call my, my leather journal a, my, my, my internet browser to, to God. And <laughs> I, um, my prayers are written down. Yeah. Uh, my, but it's, it's prayers, that maybe is, is, is too strong a word. It's, it's my conversation with the Lord. It's very conversational. I've learned to, to, and through that process, um, I, have, I have really developed a personal relationship with my, my, my Lord, my Christ. Um, I'm glad you said that because you said it was prayer, but then you said, it's not really prayer, it's more like my conversation with God, but isn't that what prayer is? Most people think it's got to be some formal thing, and you're just, whatever's coming to your mind, writing it down, right? Well, I, yes, and, and I think often I'm, my, my, my discussions with my father, uh, my, my heavenly father, uh, there's, there's some sort of stuff to do with me. Yes, there's often some intercession with, or what's called intercession, where you're praying for other people. Um, sometimes there's commentary on stuff that's going on around us, whether it's on a local level or a, or, or a bigger picture, but it is a conversation, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that, and and I've I know I've seen your journals because I've seen you give your testimony, and you got stacks of them from from over the years. Uh, so I know you were invited into a discipleship group, and you you got into it, and then pretty much immediately felt like you could lead one of these things. Is that the way it worked? <laughs> well, uh, sort of. We I, from from the Emmaus weekend that I told you about back in two thousand three, I joined a small group, and then that small group. Morphed into more more of a, a, a discipleship group around certain material, um, but I think um, sort of for the first five to seven years of my journey, it was it was still a little too programmatic for me. Um, and one of the big things over the last eight or nine years that's really taken hold in my life is is understanding what what is generally called the four calls of Christ where you have the stage of salvation and then the stage of lordship and then the stage of discipleship and, and, and the stage of purpose. And what I've learned is that once you've got to the point of understanding that you, you are saved, and, and I've gotten to that point, it's taken me probably 10 years or more to really get a full understanding that my life is not my life. My life is simply put, is a vessel is, is, a, is a means to provide the Lord's grace to those around me. It's not about me. It's about what I do for others through my love for Christ and the direction that he gives me. Hmm. And, and understanding that lordship then has led into this process of being in, in, in a small, um, very um, strong, accountable uh, relationship with with one, two, maybe up to five or six other um, individuals where one can walk alongside other people who are at different stages in their, in their Christian path and um, pour into them the same support that I had poured into me over the last 15 years um, around what it is to be a disciple maker, which is how to 
show others how they put their lives down, how they understand that Christ is the center point of their life, whatever their professional occupations are, whatever their social arrangements are, whatever their relationships, their living arrangements, young, old, uh, married, unmarried, family, not family, we all have a part to play. And, mm -hmm. and I just have really moved into a place now where I, where I get that. Mm -hmm. um, it's obvious, too. Uh, you mentioned the four calls of Christ. For those uh, that are wanting to write that down, um, what, what, would you, what did you say that they were again? The first one is salvation. Okay. Is, is understanding the point that, that Christ came to this earth. He is, the, he, is our, he is our bridge to God. He, has, he is the um, holder of all of our sins, past, present, and future. Mm. And that, that's, what, that's what the cross is all about. So the first stage is salvation. Mm -hmm. The second stage is lordship. And that is, as I explained, that is where through prayer, through discussion, through life experience, one moves in one's thought process to understand that it's not about self, mm -hmm. but that it is about everything that I am I've, I've given up to the Lord, or at least I've tried to. Right. Uh, it comes back on a daily basis where I make mistakes. So. But that I understand it's not about me. It's about what I do for him through me. I love that. I know the uh, Greek word for Lord is kurios, which means owner. It's like uh, you come to the place where you realize that Jesus owns it all, including you, right? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. And a third call? The third call is, is, is discipleship. I mean, that's what the Great Commission says. Go forth to all nations and make disciples. I mean, that's what we as Christians are, are called to do. Now, a lot of people would say, well, discipleship, uh, that just means I'm going to church regularly, uh, being a nicer person. Uh, I know some people have various def definitions of that. What, how do you define discipleship? I define discipleship by... The number of definitive human relationships that I have that I am able to demonstrate in those relationships that I, I, I provide love, support, encouragement, and a way forward through the Christian path hmm. for whomever is on the other side of that relationship. I mean, obviously, in my life, the primary relationships are my wife and my two sons, and uh, then there are the other men, and your soon-to-be daughter-in-law. Don't forget, and my soon-to-be in my <laughs> my soon-to-be daughter-in-law. Yes. Um, so it sounds like a real deep Christian friendship. Is that what you would say? Yes, definitely. And and, and I think it it I, I can say without um, fear of my wife telling me otherwise that um, <laughs> over the years our marriage has gotten better as our individual paths towards Christ have strengthened and become more defined. Would you mind if we uh, get her in the room and to verify that, or you want to wait for another time? I, that's up to you, yeah. sir. <laughs> well, just, just for sake of time, we'll, we'll keep moving. Uh, and then the fourth call. Well, that's purpose. What do you mean? Well, not everybody is called to be a disciple maker. We are all, we are all called to go make disciples. But for some people, I mean, it, it describes in Scripture that we, you know, we're the hands and feet, and we're we're all given different skills and different attributes 
Um, so, for, I mean, for some people, service is a spiritual gift, and, and mm-hmm. they are very good at service. Right. So whether it's building a, building a home for, for somebody who doesn't have a home or serving um, people who are, are, are needy, um, there, there are people who are who, who who really have a strong service um, aspect to their Christian path, mm-hmm. but and that's that's their primary purpose. Finding that purpose um, for me, I've learned through multiple discussions and doing various assessments that that my spiritual gifts uh, uh, revolve around encouragement and wisdom and teaching. And all of those are key elements of being able to create, maintain, and grow human relationships and exude the Christian path to those around you. Yeah, I, I think I think the confusion lies with a lot is that we've been called to make disciples, but like you said, we may not all be. It may not all translate for us as being disciple makers. So I do like the word purpose. Because if you can find your purpose in God, I think it's going to translate into others growing into the kingdom, uh, regardless of how what you call yourself. And so, um, and I know you're doing that um, extensively. Now, you have a, a group of men that you've called together, and um, tell us a little bit about where you meet and when and what you do. Sure, um, I've um, over the years, I think um, I've had a number of groups um, right now. Um, seven of us meet early on a Friday morning for an hour and a half. Um, and we're on a, what I would call a three-year journey, roughly. Um, three years being sort of the equivalent of, of, of Christ's ministry here on earth. And we start off with some um, studies and some discussions around Romans 12. Um, Romans 12, I love Romans 12 because it's kind of the the... One of the one of those mission statement chapters in the Bible, mm. where yeah. it sets out, you know, surrender. It sets out sober assessment. It sets out some of the challenges you're going to face, and and those twenty one verses are really just key key pieces of scripture to um, explain to another person mm-hmm. how the Lord has a has a plan for each and every one of us. I love that. I love that. Uh, do you meet? You guys don't meet at the church or anything, do you? Where do you meet? We we actually do meet at the. We church. do meet at the church. Okay, yes. you used to meet in an office building or something, or yes, you... the previous couple of groups I I had was at an office building. Okay, but this one this one is just happens to be at the at the local at Mount Pisgah Church. Okay, so three year journey. I bet that scared your guys when you said, "Hey guys, you want to meet me uh, early Friday mornings for three years?" Did is that uh, the way you presented it? To uh, you? No, not quite. I just tell them we're going on a journey. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I started off with, well, we're going to do this for the next few months. And then then I sort of kind of get into, well, we're going to do this for the next couple of months. Okay. So it unfolds for him. It does. That's cool. That's cool. And uh, what do you see uh, What do you see with, with the guys that you're discipling? I mean, not using names or anything, but what do you see with them as their challenges that they're facing when it comes to spiritual growth or... The uh, resulting in that fourth call you talked about of purpose. I think the biggest challenge, certainly for the men that I've come across, is is be, for them to be able to a plan their days so that they do have some definitive time on a daily basis to spend time with 
with our father. Mm. Um, that, that, that's, that, that I see as a big challenge. The other challenge is getting guys to understand that their Christian path is their life force, is their, is their central point of the, the train tracks that they're on, mm -hmm. and that everything else is a derivative thereof. Mm -hmm. Job, career, marriage, exercise, all that stuff, yeah. Social vacations, <laughs> all, all of those things. Yeah, that's wisdom. That is very much wisdom. And and uh, I know that accountability is a, is a important part. Uh, what would you say to the guy who's, or, or woman who says, you know, I, I know the Lord and I have a Bible and I'll probably be fine. I don't really need to meet with other people and all that kind of stuff. What would you say to them? I would say that that person probably has good head knowledge of what the Christian path is but hasn't necessarily brought it truly into their heart. Mm. And I think one of the big challenges, particularly for men, is moving from head knowledge to heart experience. Wow. Yeah, letting it translate into it's 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 it's, it's not of the the head, it's it's of the it's of the of the soul. Wow. Yeah. And that sounds like it takes time. That it takes it takes I think for most people it's a lifetime a lifetime journey. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I I, I explain it that for me I use the analogy of, of a mountain. Um, for many years, I was down in the valley where there are storms and there are dark clouds. Um, through time and just other people pouring into me, I'm, I'm now on a broad ridge. I'm, I'm above the tree line, I like mm -hmm. to tell people. Um, I'll, I'll never, you know, I'll never in this life get to the, to the summit. I, I will get to the summit, but it'll be... Uh, in a different format, I believe, but I can see the mountain in front of me, mm. and I'm on a broad ridge with, with other people, walking alongside me. Some are a little further up, up, up the up the path in front of me, and others are further behind me. Wow! You know, well, you know, when we started this podcast, and we were thinking of who all would we love to interview and, and share with uh, our listeners, you were one of the first minds that I thought of because. Um, I couldn't think of anybody else. No, I'm kidding. Because I, um, I know your life. I've watched you. I've, I've, uh, I've traveled with you, and your love for Jesus is genuine, and it's and it's contagious. And that's what I, I think is, is the most important part. What would you say to that person who says, "Hey, I'm in a small group. All right, I'm going to church. I'm giving. I'm serving. I'm doing everything, but I, uh, I don't know what to do to lead a group, or I don't know that I'm ready to lead a group." but I feel like God may be nudging me that way. What would you say to them? I would say to them, first of all, everything happens in, in, in God's timing, but um, I would say to them, look, look for opportunities where maybe they can find an opportunity to sort of like maybe co-lead a group together with somebody else. Ah. Um, maybe walk alongside somebody a little more experienced. Because it's not about head knowledge. I mean, it's not about being able to quote what's in, 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 in Ephesians 6, verse 12, or whatever. It, it's, it's about of the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I guess everybody has a different barrier that might keep them from, from leading, uh, fulfilling that purpose, uh, you know, living out the Great Commission as a lifestyle. But um, I agree with you. I think uh, if you think 
you got to have it all in your head and you got to know it all, then you're never going to lead. I know I don't, I don't know it all and, and I, I lead. Well, I, I prefer the word facilitating. I think leading mm. has a connotation that, that for some people is an automatic turn off. So I, I always use the word facilitating. That is great. Facilitating. I love that. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all um, your life with us and uh, what you're doing in disciple making and uh, what's in the future for you. What? Give us a preview. What's to come in the world of Simon Mortimer? Well, um, I, 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 I live here in Johns Creek, Georgia. I, I look forward to many years of doing that, um, to more covenant groups, to expanding my ability to walk alongside other other individuals um, as my family grows and um, that'll be exciting times to see younger people getting married and mm-hmm. and, and moving on with that but but I, I I know that as my as my um, life unfolds that it, it's about constantly being able to be walking alongside other people and supporting them and encouraging them yeah so I just look for more opportunities for that Good. I look forward to being one of them that you're walking along and encouraging. Well, thank you. So get busy. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got to tell them because we teased them early uh, about the Vicar of Wentworth. So Simon and I are in Africa. We're on this mission trip. And he tells me that his cousin uh, is the Vicar. What, what, what was he? The He's the Vicar of All Saints in, in Peckham in London. In London. And I, I had, I, you know, I am a seminary trained and I had never heard the word Vicar. Or if I had, it was on a Monty Python spoof or something. I didn't know what it meant. And I said, what does it mean, Simon? And he said, oh, it's, uh, it's the pastor. It's the minister. It's the, you know. So I said, oh, that sounds so cool. And I knew he lived in Wentworth subdivision. And so Peyton Mosier, a friend of ours, were there. We all concluded that, uh, that Simon was maybe one of the most spiritual people in his neighborhood, not knowing all the rest of his neighbors. And it's Wentworth. So we knighted him. Uh, appointed him, ordained him right there in Kenya, the vicar of Wentworth. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll announce him that way uh, or introduce him that way. He loves it and and punches me in the ribs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mark. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. Hey, if you're out there and uh, listening to this, we want to encourage you today that God has a plan for your life, and it is so good. And He is wanting to not only bless you, but be a blessing through you. And the way that that works is when we share our life with other people. So uh, take what Simon said. Um, Simon said, hey, Simon says go make disciples. So there you have to now. Uh, Go do it. And uh, in any way, shape, form that you can uh, fathom. And if you don't feel confident yet, then find one of these groups he's talking about. Uh, you can contact us, and we'll help you in any way that we can. Uh, you can go to our website, which is uh, the 419 school of disciplemakers.org. You can find it through mountpisgah.org if you're looking for it. And we just want to encourage you today that the Great Commission is a lifestyle, and it is a lifestyle that you can live. You can't mess this up. Jesus is in it. He's called us to do it. <laughs> and he promised he'd never leave us or forsake us. So, Simon, what kind of encouragement would you give our our folks today as we part? Oh, um, find your own framework within Scripture that works for you so that you have some, just some basic, basic verses that set you in the right direction, um, that, that help you understand why you, why you are who you are and, and what your purpose is. 
and for everybody it's different. Um, I, I encourage you to be able to spend time listening to what the Lord has to say to you, discern his will for your life, and then don't be impatient. Um, allow it to happen because it's his timing, not yours. That, that will be my encouragement. I love it, and that, that encourages me. So thank you so much, my friend. God bless you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.